Hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce Odyssey podcast. I'm here with Valentin from OmniConvert. Valentin, you, could you tell us a bit about what you do? Hey there, I'm uh, helping e-commerce companies to grow their business by uh, caring about their customers and we provide them with the data to, to know uh, for which customers they should be caring uh, more. Okay, so when they get this, is it a like a um, tell us about? Is it a solution? Is it a consultancy service? Is it a is it software? To, how do you how do you implement this? Uh, it's actually all of the all of them. So mainly we 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 have started as a software as a service company back in 2013. 2016 we we were doing A/B testing, web personalization, and surveys. Google Optimize came to the picture, and we needed to reinvent ourselves and uh, that was the moment when we started to work with the companies to actually help them with consulting services and we've built a consulting arm which is pretty strong right now and uh, and then we built another software which is helping uh, e-commerce companies to segment their customers and then to uh, treat the the customers differently according to how valuable they are for for their businesses across all channels across email in-store ads or, or, or other uh, channels like, like the website. So pretty much that's, uh, that's how it uh, goes. And in the last year, we've also launched this project, which is called CVO Academy. And we, we are training uh, e-commerce uh, leaders, e-commerce owners, or digital experts and agencies towards how to improve customer lifetime value. So we've nailed the methodology called the CVO uh, methodology, which, uh, is helping them to do exactly that. So we teamed up with uh, a lot of uh, authors and practitioners and experts in e-commerce that know the game of customer lifetime value, customer experience, and the, they help them uh, to do exactly that. Okay, so tell us about how a, a, like a, a customer would come to you. What, what's your kind of typical customer? The typical customer is an e-commerce company, which uh, is uh, stuck in terms of uh, <laughs> what they should be doing with their ads. That's one one type of uh, customer because we we are seeing the ROAS going down, and they on, they are on, looking on for Google, solutions. On, on which platforms? On 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 Facebook, on Google, no matter on on whatever type of uh, of platform. Fact is that the customer acquisition cost is way too high than it was the, one year ago. So according to our data, it's almost double on Facebook ads than it was one year uh, ago, due to the iOS changes and cookie deprecation and so on. So the typical customer is uh, either looking for advanced things because the ad campaigns are not working like they used to, either looking to uh, fix their business model because due to the same fact, they, they are looking for the post-purchase. They realize that they should be leveraging their existing customers way better than before because if before the customer lifetime value and the CPAs were so low compared to the uh, uh, what they've got from the first transaction for to compare to the AOV. Now the CLV is not that high and the cost, the CPAs are uh, go, going through the roof. So mainly that's our typical customer. And we help them to first understand their customers, segment them, then finding who's their best customer, what they buy, when they buy, all these patterns or these behavior patterns are being shown with our analytics tool. And then we help them to push this kind of data to, to various channels and to improve the customer lifetime value. Okay, so would you be integrated with tools like, for example, MailChimp and Clavio? Would that automatically, would the data automatically flow into these systems? Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. We're uh, integrated with Clavio and we uh, get data from Shopify 
So imagine, Trevor, that, that you're getting uh, all this intelligence about the, the, the customer database, and we have these models to make use of the data, and then we push this type of data differently to things like Clavio, website, Facebook ads, and so on. So in this manner, you'll, know, you'll, you'll be way more relevant because at the end of the day, an e-commerce has thousands of relationships with a lot of customers, but no, not all of them are in the same uh, situation, right? We have customers mm -hmm. that used to be loyal and now they stop buying from us. And on the contrary, we have very valuable customers that have just started to buy from our store. And the idea is, what if we could talk to them according to how they relate to our company? And that's exactly what we do. So how does your system you know, um, differ from like a, a CRM or something like that? I mean, is, that the, is it overlaps and, or um, would you integrate with something like other, other systems like that? Yeah, we, we have a section which is uh, working exactly like a CRM, but we've added a lot of uh, intelligence on top of that. So mainly we get all the customer data, we get all their transactions and so on. But on top of that, we group them together. So you can go into, uh, into OmniConvert, into our tool, and you can see all the customers, you can see all the transactions. And then the, the difference is that we also group them and we label them differently so that you can address them differently via email ads and so on. Moreover, mm -hmm. we push this data to their customer help desk solutions because there are, uh, I, I think there is a, let's say, problem in the market of a lot of e-commerce companies just acquiring customers that never come back so mm. that that's the issue that we we're solving we we help them to understand which type of customers they should be acquiring in the first place and how to treat them down the line in a personalized way without bombarding them with the ads 15 percent buy right now whatever so that they can uh, have a let's say healthy relationship with uh, with them so what kind of benchmark, I mean, if I, so if I was to come to you and say, look, you know, as a, as, a, as a customer, what kind of benchmark performance would you expect, do you think is good, a good performance that you know, any e-commerce site should aim for in this area? I know it's very broad, but give me yeah, some yeah. examples. Yeah, we, we have seen the best companies that we work with that uh, they are making between 30 to 60% uplift in their customer retention rate after one year of uh, uh, efforts towards this direction but it's not only about the tool so this is not an automatic tool that you plug it in and uh, suddenly customers will uh, uh, come back uh, it, it requires customer research it requires product assortment it requires a different customer experience so what we what we have seen are these type of figures and uh, uh, but the potential is fantastic because if you uh, if you think it well we have a benchmark like we aggregate data from 2,500 uh, custom uh, companies, e-commerce companies, which are pushing data to us. So the average customer retention rate is 23%. So that means- So what is that over what period of time is that? Throughout the entire lifetime of a, of a store. So maybe right. 23 out of 100 customers are coming back to place another order on average. Of course, if you look at various different industries, you can see different figures because if you're selling mattresses online, the purchase cycle is like after five years. But if you're selling something like food, nutrition, uh, cosmetics, fashion, then the purchase cycle is shorter and the purchase frequency is higher. 
So mainly that these are the benchmarks we we have put it over there, and I think it's uh, it's is crucial for a company to. Is know. this something you've published or something? Yeah, it's a public uh, it's a public uh, right, so uh, put benchmark, it, put it. and you you can see this by country, by uh, by Excellent. industry. You can see, uh, for instance, if you are in the nutrition business, how many of your top customers you should be having out of the total one. So for instance, you should have around 10% of your customers being active and placing most of your orders and generating more than 30% of your revenue to be on the safe side if you're in this industry. So okay. you, you need to use this kind of uh, data because otherwise you'll shoot in the dark and the, the, there is that saying from Einstein, Trevor, that uh, if, you, if, you do, uh, the, uh, if you have a problem, you can't solve it at the same level of thinking as, you, as it was produced, uh, uh, that, that problem. So I think now that a lot of e-commerce companies are struggling, I think it's time to, to focus more on the customers and to understand more about why they are actually buying our, uh, the products that you're, that you're selling. Because mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 much much cheaper to sell to your own existing company than to acquire a new customer. I can't remember. It's five times cheaper. Is the, yeah, it's the, the uh, it, it, it's even more than that right now because the Pareto law is actually obsolete. So it's like more like uh, five to ninety five. So mainly it's up to eighteen times more cheap Gosh, to to address a, a, a customer that's already having a relationship with you. And this is uh, pretty easy to understand because now the, the competition is higher than it was, it ever was. And the consumers have more control than they ever had. I mean, if we want to change the grocery that we're using, we are just uh, swiping. Yes. Right? Yes. It's so easy to switch from a, uh, from a company to another. And that means the arena right now is to delight your customers, to do more than selling the same products that everyone is, do, is, uh, is selling. For instance, in my career, I've been a former, uh, I'm a former e-commerce entrepreneur and uh, we've, we've sent 3000 anniversary cakes to our top customers. And that was a huge impact in, in our database because we, we were monitoring why the customers, uh, how they reached us, yeah, how they've uh, got to buy from us. And in the next months, we, we got this from 16% of the uh, revenue to 60% of the revenue, because right. those were the, the micro influencers that told everyone, hey, there's this crazy company, they sent me a, an anniversary cake. Uh, buy from them. We were selling uh, online car insurance. Right, so you got to be creative is what you're saying. Yeah, and I think that's that's what what the current environment, which is so uh, where the competition is so fierce, that's what the the context is uh, uh, inviting us to 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 get creative. Otherwise, we'll be boring and we'll become obsolete in uh, in no yes. time. So, what do you think? I mean, so I mean, I think you know, services like Shopify, for example, are very much templating, templatizing the the e-commerce experience. I mean, do you think that uh, this is going to make it's going to make e-commerce more of a commodity and will there be will will people find you know will people still need your conversion rate optimization services if everyone's got the same kind of website yeah the the templates will be as the name says templates i mean we you need to 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 have your your own flavor and you you need to persuade your customers because any e-commerce is is selling something that <laughs> needs to be appealing enough so mainly you need to, to, to be persuasive enough 
and you need to understand your own customers. So templates are, are looking great. And I think Shopify is doing the, the right thing, but it's, it's all about having a voice. So a brand which is not having a voice and it's using the templated uh, uh, buy from us now and whatever is not gonna make it in, in the future because we are too sophisticated and too powerful as, uh, as consumers. Okay, so now that I, mean, I know you got to do a lot of work with um, with Facebook ads um, post iOS fifteen, what are you, what are your recommendations for growth tactics? Yeah, the first uh, the first recommendation is uh, to to understand how ads are working. So there's the holy trinity, as I stated. We have the creative, we have the offer, and we have the target, right? The who who are we targeting? So now that the the targeting is being affected, <laughs> we need to because beforehand. Uh, Facebook was uh, doing the magic and he was bringing the right customers to see our ads, but now the algorithm is not there anymore to support us so well. So that means we need to understand our target better. So the first thing is to understand why they are buying. So purchase, pre-purchase and post-purchase uh, surveys are fantastic. If you want to go in-depth, which I recommend, you, you should be doing jobs to be done interviews because anyone which is buying a product is buying it because of a struggle. So you need to understand what is the struggle and to get creative on the struggle because if you if you don't know what's the struggle you will shoot in the dark and uh, we had some fantastic outcomes for instance with a company which was doing jobs to be done interviews they they found out that they were selling weighted blankets it's called the uh, hush blankets and uh, they they were selling weighted blankets and they thought that customers are buying it because of the huddling uh, uh, cuddling effect right to, mm -hmm. to to feel warm and whatever but it wasn't a nice to have so after the jobs to be done interviews that we we ran for them we realized together that the main job to be done is that the weighted blanket was a replacement for sleeping pills because right. they were sleeping so well and they were looking for a solution not to get knocked out through the night. Because if you, and once you understand that, you position your product differently. It's not about the cuddling effect of getting a weighted blanket. It's about getting a proper sleep and being able to take care about the ones that you're loving, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if you have to, a kids to take care about and you, you have insomnia problems, then a weighted blanket is way more better than the sleeping pills. So that's what I'm stating that the, 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 this ads will be nailed if you understand more about your target and their struggling moment because you can't affect the offer too much because if you destroy your margin too much, you're not going to be profitable. You're not be able to attract talent. You're not be able to do ads anymore and so on. So this is a downward spiral. So the creative in accordance to the target's struggles that's the that's the way to go and another way to go is to use this type of knowledge on the first touch right so you do pre-purchase survey it's called the zero party data right we have mm -hmm. zero party data that the customers are willingly sharing with us so they nice. intentionally give us data like if we are selling toys uh, do you have a kid or a, uh, do you have a boy or a, uh, or a girl uh, how old is she or he and then based on that you can transform the journey based so that you are way more relevant than just leaving the customer to sort out your menus and and whatever and based on this type of data that you you collect you can do remarketing ads which are way more relevant and then you can do onboarding emails that takes care about that uh, that customer i mean 
how was the toy for your uh, nine-year-old? Because in this manner, you'll be more relevant and you'll show that you care. So that's the way, from my perspective, to cope with the uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, to understand your customers even, even better. Yeah, and improve your acquisition based on the, I mean, do your creatives according to the struggles that, that they have and collect this type of data on the website so that you can address them even better. Another way to cope with Facebook's uh, transformation in RS15 is to, to use your existing customers as lookalike audiences, right? So you can use your best customers, not only the ones that bought historically, but the ones which are active right now, and they bought, I don't know, three plus times from your store. They, uh, they are the highest spenders and they just bought in the last three weeks. So you can feed the algorithm with, let's say 2000 different uh, uh, customers like these ones so that Facebook is way more better. So you can actually help the algorithm of Facebook to, with, with this approach. And this is something that our technology does as well. Okay, great. So um, do, do you think that when you talk about um, yeah, customer value optimization, right? Is that, is that just a thing that, that that's a, a phrase that your company uses or is it, is it a, an industry-wide thing? Yeah, we, we actually made a lot of companies to use it after we, we articulated back in 2019. So uh, this CVO methodology is now, uh, uh, let's say, applied by many other companies. So we are working okay. closely with 10 different agencies at this moment that we are training. And we are uh, in this business of uh, helping agencies diversify their their activities and make use of the data because if you're sending emails, if you are doing PPC campaigns, if you are doing creative stuff, all of those should take into account who's the ideal customer, what kind of segments you, you can use in your uh, in your uh, approach. And uh, the, the CVO methodology has, a, uh, has some steps. I mean, it starts with customer research, customer segmentation, customer experience. And we, uh, we have very good successes with, uh, with this. We have many companies using it. So do you think people are going to stop talking about CRO and talk about CVO? Do you think one's going to replace the other? Uh, these are, are, are going to be complementary. So while CRO is taking care only on the conversion part, the CVO takes, takes care about the acquisition, the conversion, and the retention. So mainly, you can't do CVO unless you optimize the conversion rate, right? But we, we took the, the data-driven approach, the analytics approach, the audit approach from the CRO, and we applied it to all the other channels and looking at uh, uh, getting out of the website-only approach. So if you think it well, CRO is focusing on, on a single metric, which is conversion rate, and many times it's not only about the conversion rate. So you can, because you can increase the conversion rate, decrease the AOV, decrease the profit, and then the company is going to become way more, uh, uh, less profitable than it was with the uh, lower conversion rate. So I think the metric itself and the naming itself should be, should be changed. And our approach is that most of the agencies that we're working with are coming from the CRO context because they have, all this process to do the analytics, to, to, to use the persuasion principles. Of course, you can do black optimization or white optimization. You can trick customers to buy and then have the buyer's remorse, or you can persuade them to, to actually get what they, they need. Mm -hmm. So what are your tips for increasing customer lifetime value? Yeah, one of the... the one, one of the important things over here, if you want to increase the customer lifetime value, is to understand 
what's affecting the customer lifetime value. Besides, let's let's pretend that you know what customer lifetime value is and that you are measuring it. Because... Can you explain, why don't you explain to us what customer lifetime value is? Your... <laughs> yeah, the customer okay. lifetime value can be measured based on the revenue, based on the gross margin and based on the net margin. The gross margin is uh, my way to go because it's uh, more relevant than just looking at the historical revenue because if you have a margin of 20%, it's a whole different game than having a margin of 70%. So I'm looking for the gross margin because with the net margin, there are other costs that you can put in the, uh, on, on, top of, uh, on top of the uh, expenses. So mainly the customer lifetime value is the uh, predicted margin gross margin that your company is going to get from a customer throughout the entire lifespan of of that customer and in order to measure it you need purchase frequency you need customer retention you need aov and you need the lifespan which is uh, uh, generated by the customer retention so that's how it's being measured the problem with clv uh, is that it wasn't so far a way to 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 monitor it properly and another problem with it is that many companies are just using it once, right? They calculate the CLV once a year. But the idea with the CLV is to optimize it. And our proposal is instead of optimizing from, for conversions or traffic or revenue, optimize the customer lifetime value because an e-commerce is made, made or break, broken by the balance between customer lifetime value, how much you are getting from a customer and customer acquisition cost, how much you are spending to acquire that customer. And these ratios should be more than three to one, right? So you can, you should be getting three dollars in gross margin for every dollar you spend to acquire that, that yes. customer. Okay. And mainly the, the first thing that I suggest to do this is after you understand what it is, after you monitor it, is to change the mindset of the company because many companies are revenue driven or or product centric, they are not customer centric. And you need to become customer centric to improve customer lifetime value. You need not to monitor how many orders you've got or how much revenue, but how many customers you've got, how many customers have bought again, right? So these are the things that you should be optimizing for. And these are affected by other departments than the marketing. So the, the customer lifetime value, as, as I've stated before, it's a company-wide measure of success. It's being affected by what the company says, which is marketing, what the company sells, which is the product assortment, and what the company does, which is the customer experience. So these are the three pillars of customer value optimization. And I usually start with the customer experience because it's the most neglected aspect. Few are the companies that understand if their, their customers are happy about what they purchased. Mm -hmm. So they don't monitor NPS. They don't know if they've made their job but they expect their customers to come back without even knowing uh, that. Mm -hmm. So what about, um, you know, you know, if I'm, I'm, you know, if you've got a website and someone's not, you know, got a very low customer lifetime value or doesn't know it, what are the things that they should do first? I mean, is it things like email or what, what's your, you know, just imagine you've just, someone's got a website and they've, you know, uh, you know, just done very well on natural search or something like that. What, um, and, but they want to actually start understanding this. What are the steps they should take? Uh, Just really the first basically step, beginners. Yeah, so, so basically the first step there that they should be taking is to uh, do a survey uh, to, to do segmentation to find their best customer the ideal customer profile and then based on the uh, icp to understand how to email them because they they will find out from their best customers what they've bought and why they've bought and based on that they they can improve what's broken so 
it's more about debugging, fixing first, and then uh, improving, then optimizing, then putting uh, things on top of it. Okay, Grevans, this has been very interesting. I notice you've got some some learned books behind you. There, you've got Nudge, and you've got you've got Zero to One. Tell me what what uh, what has inspired you recently? What have you been? I think this, been... Is the, this is the book. It's uh, called the Black Box Thinking by Matthew Seed. It's uh, it's a very great book, and it's helping uh, the entrepreneurs. It's also helping other other people than uh, professionals and experts uh, as well. Okay, is that your is that your tip? Is that your like your latest tip? Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, it's one of the best books that you could uh, you could read at at this particular moment. Okay, interesting, Fountain. It's been lovely speaking to you. I'll put a link to that uh, your your website and also the the resources you have in in the notes. And um, good luck for the future. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you as well. Thank you as well, Trevor, and thanks everyone for uh, watching. If you need me, find me on LinkedIn.